everyone. Welcome to We Are Weezer. This is Rachel. And We Are Weezer is a podcast about Weezer. Every full episode, we choose a song. We find out cool details, articles, reviews. We rate it and review it ourselves. And sometimes I'm with my co-host, Juliet. And sometimes I have a special co-host. So episode 41, my, my special co-host is Brian Ewing. He's the artist who did the Walking Dead slash Weezer posters for a Walking Dead party at San Diego Comic-Con one year. Be sure to listen to the whole episode because there's a special announcement at the end of this one. And please enjoy. If you want it, you can have it. But you gotta learn to reach out there and grab it. Cause So are you a big Walking Dead fan? Let's get to the, the good stuff okay. and talk about some Walking Dead and some Wii's. Yeah, definitely. I, I started with the comic books because I really liked Tony Moore's artwork. Um, he was the guy that did like the first 10 or 12 issues and then continued doing the covers. And uh, so I really liked that. And I liked the storytelling uh, that Robert Kirkman had. And then... Uh, the show came on and everybody watched that. That was really cool at the time. Although you wonder about like bad breath and hygiene and how, if you were actually in the apocalypse, how people could stand being around you. If you, you had to have stunk all, you know, terribly. I think it's like eating onions though. Like, I think it's like, if you both smell, yeah. then it's kind of like cancels. Yeah. It yeah. Out. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I watched the show and then, uh, how I got the job was my friend David Stowe, who owns Van and Watches. He's friends with Sean Kirkham, who's Robert Kirkman's pretty much right-hand guy. And uh, they were talking. He's like, yeah, you know, we're going to have Weezer play this private show at Comic-Con. He's like, oh, you should. Uh, David's like, you should talk to my friend Brian. And um, they're like, okay. So it was supposed to be like, just do a poster for us. I was like, what if I did four posters? Which is really dumb of me because, like, it was very ambitious because I could have. Now the pressure's on. Yeah. You know, like, you have so much time to do one poster, you have the same amount of time to do four posters now. And uh, what I wanted to do was uh, not make it all about Rivers because it seems to me that the band is presented in a way that they're all personalities. And to do one would do discredit to the other three. And, um, you know, I was big enough of a fan to to see them that way. Not like, oh, that's Rivers Band, but it's like, no, you got Pat, you got Brian, you got Scott. And, and you know, I'm sure that was intentional to not make it just about one guy, but about all four of them. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. And uh, they're like, okay. And in that documentary, uh, Making It, um, uh, Tony Mormon, the guy who directed it, he came over to my house and I'm like working on this stuff, just like sweating and, you know, hadn't bathed in a couple of days because of the deadlines or whatever and just eating, you know, ramen <laughs> or whatever. Um, he's documenting all of it and he's like, so what do you think about this? And I'm just sitting there like shaking in the corner because I had so little time to do it. And right at the last minute, I designed them to have like all these collages in the background and the collages uh, referenced 
every song that I liked from Weezer, and there was a lot. Also, each poster, there's stuff in there that only related to that person, you know, like Scott and his tattoos or uh, rivers and, you know, glasses or something like that. And um, they're like, oh man, these are so amazing. Then a couple of days later, Sean's like, dude, we can't do these posters. We showed them to our lawyers and we can't do it. I was like, why not? Like, I've never had a problem. He's like, well, you're not a big company like we are. And, you know, people see you and, you know, they assume, you know, there's no point in suing you. Uh, but us, you know, we have money. So uh, he's like, I don't know what to do. You know, maybe we're going to have to cancel this. And I was like freaking out. And then we were like, why don't we just do blank backgrounds? And, you know, no one's the wiser. And so we did that. And, you know, I kind of explained to them, like, kind of what I wrote in the example on my website. It was like, it was my opportunity to kill the band and then resurrect them as zombies. So posters were designed in a way that if you look at them one way, you see the photo. And you look at them another way, you see the zombie drawing underneath it. And, you know, like Rivers is strangled with a microphone. And he's got, like, the neck of a guitar going through him. So does Brian. And, like, Pat's, like got a couple of drumsticks going through him and scott's got like a bass guitar same thing yeah it was, it was really stressful but pretty cool and then uh we had to go to comic-con is, is that okay if i like just go into the whole story of it all yeah, or okay yeah, tell us. i'm not sure if i'm boring you um no. so then uh we have to go to comic-con and uh metallica was also doing a signing there and performing and uh the people at comic-con were really worried about how much of a frenzy it would cause, like it would create. And uh, if you've ever been to San Diego Comic-Con, it's just insane. insane. Yeah, it's just, oh my God. It's and then very, you throw in some Metallica and they're probably like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's very claustrophobic. And uh, so you just see people run from one end to the other to go to a booth to see some famous person. or It's, it's a circus. It's great. But they were uh, like, you know what? We're not going to let you do a signing here at your booth. Uh, you have to find an alternate place outside of the convention. They found a really cool record store, which I cannot remember the name of right now. Um, and I'd never met the band. And so uh, we just kind of showed up. Their manager at the time, this guy named Stuart Ross, allowed Tony, the director and the camera guy for the Making It documentary, to be the only person with a camera at the signing like there could be no other photographers nobody filming anything that was really really nice to them because they didn't have to um and uh so mm -hmm. you know get there like 20 minutes early and we were walking to this record store i think it's like rogers records i'm totally wrong though i'm sure but um it's like in the gas lamp area of san diego and there's just people lined up around the block and then the next block they're lined up and at first, I'm like, yeah, you know, just going to go do a signing. And I see this, and I was just like, oh, shit. And I got really nervous and starting to, like, get shaky and shit like that. So we get there, and uh, the band had just showed up, and Pat wasn't there. I guess his wife had some health problems, and so he stayed behind. And I guess the drummer from Ozma performed with them that night. That is the band, right? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. They started out as like a Weezer cover band. They started doing their own thing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, they, um, so it was just me, uh, Rivers, uh, Brian, and Scott. And uh, they were really cool. They told everybody I was the new drummer that I replaced Pat. 
And so people would be like, oh, can you sign this album? And I'm like, oh, I can't because of contractual obligations. The <laughs> next album, though, I can sign. But all I can sign are the posters right now. And I, I was just like, well, what do I do? So it was really funny. Um, and they were really cool about it. And, uh, you know, Rivers is like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Rivers. I'm like, yeah, I know. You know, like, <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? You know, I'm trying to be cool about it. And uh, we're talking about the art and the posters. And they were just seeing them for the first time. And like Brian was really cool. He uh, he's actually the brother of Leah Bell, who I know. And Leah's more famous than he is to me because she's a poster artist. And I had met her at South by Southwest many years ago, and she's always done really cool work and been really cool to me. And it never occurred to me that she was related to him, you know. Um, and so the first thing is like, hey man, I know your sister. He's like, what? Well, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't hear that often. And then um, right. Just talking to Scott, he was like the coolest of them all. You know, we're sitting there and just like talking about art. And um, there's some music playing in the background and we're all like trying to guess who's playing. And I was like, I think this is the Melvins. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just, it was much more relaxed than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be very corporate and very unfun. And they were really nice guys. And, you know, they signed a couple of posters for me. I didn't really want anything. And they're like, oh, do you want a, p a picture with them? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I kind of like totally punked out and I didn't do it. And I should have. And um, they're like, cool, you know, uh, see you at the show. And so uh, I took all the people that helped me work my booth at Comic-Con. Um, instead of like, I had like clients and, you know, people I barely knew, like, hey, man, you know, give you some money. Can you get me in the show? It's like, nah, I'm taking the guys that helped me out. So I took all my friends that helped me at my booth to the show. And it was like the biggest event of Comic-Con. And I didn't know this, but it was cool, you know? Wow. So we got to go to this thing and everybody's like singing along and they just played the hits and it was pretty rad. And again, they allowed Tony to film it. So, you know, he shot a lot of live footage and everything like that. And, um, it was cool. And also, Tony is the biggest Weezer fan, aside from meeting you, um, <laughs> that I know. And so he was just floored that, you know, we he got that to... That was happening to him, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it ended up being in his documentary, which was pretty rad. And um, so, yeah. And then that was the first time I ever saw the band. And then after that, uh, the funny thing is, guys in the band, we all have a mutual friend, um, this lady named Shelly Veneman. And uh, I met her the same weekend of Comic-Con. And she's like, hey, yeah, we're going to go see Weezer. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did a poster for that. And I'm like, oh, that's you. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so I became quick friends with her and her husband. And the next time Weezer played in Ohio, in Cincinnati, she's like, hey, do you want to go to the show? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And so I was like, Tony, you live in Ohio. Do you want to go? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so we go, and it rained the whole time. And I'm wearing, like, van slip-ons and a hoodie. So I'm just, like, this human sponge. <laughs> and uh, I was like, Tony, if you don't want to, you know, sit through this, we can split. He's like, no, we're sitting. We're going to watch this band play. <laughs> and then afterwards, we had backstage passes. And so, um, you know, Shelly's like, make sure you say hi to Pat. Okay. So, like... The band, right after they were done playing, they pretty much like just collected all their shit and they were just getting on a bus to go to the next city. And it was just uh, Rivers hanging out backstage with people, I guess, that paid like for some package to hang out. And um, mm -hmm. so I like quickly said hi to all the guys. And they're like, oh shit, you know, what are you doing here? We thought you lived in California. And um, after that, uh, we went inside and I was like, hey, Rivers, what's up? And I just spent like the night talking to 
their manager at the time, this guy, Stuart, who was really cool. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, let's talk about doing some stuff or if you ever want to catch the band again. And, you know, yeah, it was crazy. It's, I don't really talk about it much because like there are Weezer fans, but then there are people who just don't like popular music, <laughs> you know? So it's like a uh, Weezer, whatever, you know? So, um, got to do that. And then since then, uh, Scott has, he's hit me up through Instagram and we exchanged numbers and we were supposed to hang out the last time they played in Ohio. I did a poster. They, oh, they played with the Pixies. And so I did a poster for that. And, uh, which is very cool by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, we didn't realize like Andrea and I didn't realize how far away, cause it said like Columbus, Ohio, but it took forever to get there. And, um, so, we were trying to get there early. We ended up getting there late. And Scott's like, hey, man, it's my birthday today. So I got to like take off and go hang out because he's from Ohio. Mm. He's like, I got to go hang out with people. So, but we were supposed to hang out. So that didn't happen. And then they're playing here in March. And so I've been talking to their new management about doing something with them. And, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, if not, we'll just go to the show and say hi to the guys. Yeah, but, that'd be yeah. so cool if you got to do another Weezer poster. Um, I would like to because it would not be dark. I want to see the collage version. Like, I, I just want to see it. I'll, I'll send you but, some JPEGs. Uh, but maybe if I ever do like another book, I can uh, do like the the official cease and desist version of the poster. It was cool. It was just a lot of fun researching the band. You know, I learned so much about them that, you know, if you just like their music, you like their music. But if you're either a super fan or you're going to do a project with them, it was very interesting. There's a lot about them that I just never knew. And I took for granted till now. Yeah, I think that that's kind of like it, until you do learn about something, you really don't know where it comes from. You know, I can't really talk about other artists like I can Weezer because I have learned so much about them. But the whole reason I started this podcast was to learn more because I like to like nerd the high school me. Um, I used to buy every magazine with Weezer in it, every article. I would like cut them out and like put them on my little like binder for oh, school. Wow. Your trapper and, keeper. Yes. <laughs> And yeah. um, my friend Sarah like got me into like actually like learning the lyrics and you know uh, what are they like and all about all about somebody and it's it's fun to do that now but I just don't have the time so now I feel like I get to do it little by little through the the podcast. <laughs> well, also think about it. Back then, it took a lot of effort to find any of that stuff. Now you just you know, you just Google it, but you, you were earning it back then, I guess, you know, that's how I saw it. Like, you know, discovering new music wasn't as easy as it is now. And I'm very jealous of younger people. Cause it's just like, you have so many years before you that you get to listen to and you have such quick access to it where, you know, when I was younger, you were younger, you know, you had to go to a record store. You had to like buy a brick of blank cassettes and, uh, you know, sit by the radio and like push sit buttons. by the radio. Yeah. I remember when, uh, smells like teen spirit was debuted. My buddy, Jason Denzer and I were like on the phone with each other. He's like, oh, are you going to hit record? You can hit record or are you going to like, let it, you know? And we were so excited because we had gotten into Nirvana when bleach came out. So when smells like teen spirit came out, we were just so excited. We had no idea it'd 
be a game changer and you know affect a generation but to us it was just like this new band that no one had ever heard of you know and we and were you guys excited were cool to, for knowing them yeah yeah well not really no <laughs> it's kind of like uh it's cool now to be a dork or a nerd but back then it was not <laughs> you know you yes. had to be good looking and good at sports and uh have rich parents and if you didn't have that everybody like even the D and D kids wouldn't hang out with me in high school. I was just such a nerd. I don't know. It's pretty funny, but um, yeah, you know, like I loved Mud Honey and Pearl Jam and all that stuff. And you know, this is before they had Broken Big. Um, only because my buddy Jason and I would uh, every every Saturday we would walk three miles each way to a comic book store that we ended up both working at, and to this record store called Rushmore Records. And this guy Bill would be like, "How much money do you have?" I got thirteen dollars. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna give you a deal, but you you can only buy these two albums. You have to take them home and listen to them." And uh, he forced us to like good music. It was amazing, and it really and you know, like I said, you know, I I think a lot of people use music to identify themselves and create a personality. And Bill and my friend Jason were really strong in helping me create that identity. You know. Um, so who else were you into besides Weezer back then? Um, and it's hard to say. Uh, the Tree People, who then became Built to Spill, like that was Fugazi. Like I got to see Fugazi on their first tour, and um, I had long hair back then, and like I was the only person with long hair, and we had we had like non-racist skinheads, but we had racist skinheads in Milwaukee, and so that it was just full of like punk rockers skinheads and and evil skinheads and i was the even out of the women i had the longest hair you know and i was like (laughs) i am gonna get beat up holy shit what was i thinking (laughs) and everybody was really cool and uh you know that was pretty rad uh jane's addiction the pixies primus fishbone by high school i started going to shows and now i could say like oh i went to this legendary show but at the time it was hey this band is playing let's go you know but yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, like, definitely jumped on the grunge bandwagon. Everybody did. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix because that was my older brother's music, you know. And I was like, "Fuck Pink Floyd, man, that shit sucks." <laughs> and uh, now I can appreciate. I don't like Pink Floyd still, but I can appreciate all the other stuff. Um, Jesus. Um, I think I was listening to Nick Cave at the time as well. Like okay. maybe a little bit later, like Murder Ballads had come out and I was just so blown away by that album. And that's around the time that the Green album had come out. Um, and again, I got to work with Nick Cave, which was pretty, you know, I was dumbstruck by that one. And uh, I like, I'm sure I got cool points finally for that. Uh, trying to think <laughs> of other bands. Um, I don't know. I was, I, I grew up in a city in a time where, there wasn't a lot of access. And uh, so you listen to whatever you could. If it was fucking Sky, you're like, cool, man, I'm going to listen to the specials. Or if it was uh, punk rock, it's like, I'm going to listen to Misfits. If it's metal, it's like, oh, Metallica or Testament. Um, or if it's like alternative, it'd be like Smashing Pumpkins or Weezer and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't let that... It sounds def- like you were kind of into everything, like a little bit of everything. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, and I think that's normal for that period of time because I can say the same thing. I think I was... I liked the stuff on the radio, like Hootie and the Blowfish and Christina Aguilera. And I also 
was like going to raves and listening to like <laughs> house music. And I was also I hate raves. <laughs> I got arrested at a rave five <laughs> minutes. There it was the first one I went to that I was on a date with this girl and the, I was like handcuffed and everything. And I was like, oh, no, they let me go. Cause I was of age and I wasn't doing drugs. And, uh, I just kind of looked at her. I was like, I never want to see you again. <laughs> if I'm going to get arrested, like fuck this. So sorry. I, yeah, I don't know how you got. How'd you get arrested, though? What were you doing? Um, it was an illegal rave, oh. so you know, it was like they. So you probably just broke for being there. Factory. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I probably looked like a fucking moron there too. I didn't have like a pacifier or glow sticks or anything. I was totally <laughs> out of place. No, it's it's actually the other way around. And I look at pictures now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, at least we were clothes like they don't like wear clothes anymore they wear like oh yeah i don't know like um saran wrap uh, no it's like barbarian boots with like a bikini and that's it, just the guys yeah and it'll be <laughs> it'll be uh you know in ohio at night and i'm just thinking there's no way i'm i can't do it anymore i i couldn't do it either way but yeah, uh, there's no way I could do it with no clothes. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'd be too self-conscious. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, more power to them. Uh, yeah. It's like as much as you want to make fun of them, it's like you can't really because they might look stupid to you, but you look stupid to them, you know? It's yeah. like get a haircut or, you know, what's with all the black you're wearing or something like that. Or Weezer, how old are you? How, you know, why are you still listening to Weezer? Crap like that. So Yeah, well, it's like I try to be hip with the kids now too and if i like it i like it if i don't that's cool but i do always go back to like the classics and like my favorites and yeah you know i think we stopped developing at some point you know we'll still try listening to new things but we have the ear for it embrace everything new and it comes with just experience the more experienced you are the more critical you're going to be you know, when you're younger, you're going to listen to anything because you have no idea what's good. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like most people's introduction to punk rock was probably Blink-182 or Green Day, you know. and Which isn't really but punk then you, rock. No, it's not. But, uh, you know, they wore it well. Uh, and, you know, I got to work with them later on and I was never like, oh, man, I'm working with fucking Blink-182. It was like, holy shit, this is cool. No, you no. Know? All the, actually, they seem they both of those bands seem like nice guys too. I got to meet uh, Travis Barker when he was in uh, Transplants. Um, we we're in Canada, and I was on the T- Taste of Chaos tour, or was it the Warp tour? Like, it was probably the Warp tour. And they hired me to do artwork, and then they were like, "Hey, do you want to come on tour and sign posters for thirty minutes a day, and drink beer and watch shitty bands?" I was like, "Sign yeah. me up!" <laughs> so I got to go to Canada, and. Um, Everybody's kind of like, you know, just hanging out and people are like, hey, there's everybody's going to hang on the transplants bus. Do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm hanging out with the Warp Tour, like behind the scenes people that put it together. And I'm terrified to be around that many people and very nervous because I'm not in a band. So it's like, what the fuck do I have to add to this? And uh, so um, my friends like take me and they're like, oh, hey, this is Travis or, you know, this is uh, God. I'm now the. Uh, I'm totally ruining this, and I can't help you because I don't know their names either. No, the uh, the bass player from Rancid, he was there too. The guy with the Lars Fredrickson, that's his name. Thank God. Um, <laughs> that guy is very intimidating, but 
looking but very nice you know and they're all there and then in the middle of it all someone decided to use the bathroom and you're not supposed to go number two on a tour bus because it's got nowhere to really go it just sits in a tank and it's a very small tank and i guess uh skinhead rob like found out and like freaked out and kicked everybody off the bus and that was that was pretty interesting (laughs) you know and then uh and you're like okay i guess we're going over here yeah tonight. yeah and then tom delong he came to my booth once at comic-con he was like oh what do you got here uh you got some posters and i'm sitting there going really dude okay <laughs> and i hadn't done any work for them yet and a buddy of mine who's a huge uh blink 182 fan is just like hanging out in my booth and like like tugging on my shirt freaking yeah, out at like, you it's like yes brandon i know who that is and he's like oh what do you, you know you do these these rock posters i'm like yeah 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 you know, and he's like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm like, hey, man, thanks. So I was like, so has anybody recognized you yet? And he looks at me and he's just like, uh, I was like, hey, we have mutual friends with Atticus and crap like that. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. You know, and, um, you know, just every, t- like most musicians I meet, it's just so weird that, you know, I don't really go out of my way to do it. And if I, if I have the opportunity, I will. But at the same time, uh, you know, if it never happens, I don't get bummed out. You know, sometimes it's better, you know, to never meet your heroes or it's the persona that you like, not the person. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, you know, it's always weird. You know, you meet bands and then once you get over the excitement or the nervousness, it's like, okay, well, what do we talk about? Right. You know, cause you have this, you have 10 minutes with them or five minutes and it's like, cool show, man. And they're like, thanks. And that's it. That's all you got. Or, oh, you like beer? I like beer. You like water? I like water. You know, yeah. Oh, you're wearing shoes. So am I. You know, it just gets. I usually pretty... like jump into uh, like the tattoo artist mode and I'll be like, mm-hmm. so what are you doing for, yeah. what are you doing this weekend? Or what, what music do you like? You I Christmas? usually go to music yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets weird. You know, at least you're, you know, on the professional side of interviewing. So, like, I'm, you know, I don't know what to say to these people and it gets pretty old quickly, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I I would probably be, the, I mean, it's because number one, you're nervous. And then number mm-hmm. two, you don't want to like screw something up that you don't know what you're going to do. And then yes. um, you don't want to be boring. And they're like, I, I don't know you and I'm, yeah. you know, what are you doing back yeah. here. I'm always worried. I'm just going to fart. You know, and just embarrass <laughs> myself, you know, just be like, and everybody's just like, okay, get out of here. Everyone out. Yes. Seriously, we can't breathe in here. So, yeah. But yeah, long so, story. That was meeting Weezer. <laughs> we're going to talk about the world has turned and left me here next. Okay. I know that you weren't ready to like pick a song for sure because you were busy at the time so i threw out a couple options um why did you pick this song i i could relate to it i could relate to across the sea but younger me could you know um like i said you know with uh or maybe i didn't you know with dating and stuff like that when you're immature a song like across the sea sounds really romantic but then when you're also immature um a song like the world has turned and left me here is romantic as well, but in a sad, woe is me, Morrissey depressing kind of way. Um, and uh, I could relate to that a little bit more because it reminded me of mm-hmm. how mature I was or 
how immature the person I was dating was, you know, and just you are broken up, you're sad, you don't think about the bad stuff, you just think about the good things and you are, you're nostalgic, you know, you're not really living in the present and uh, you wish things were the way they were, but they were never really that great. And, uh, you know, so I was living in Minneapolis at the time, um, was not very good at dating, you know, was pretty much a dork who just kept to himself. And then um, I think when I'm trying to think now, I had some little anecdote for that, but it reminded me of living in LA, to be honest. Um, I never planned on living there. The woman I was dating talked me into moving there and then she dumped my ass. And after telling you that you weren't going to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was great. You know, uh, I mean, I was happy she cheated on me because she had a reason to dump me then. Um, But it, uh, you know, I was very sad and I was nostalgic about it. And you, you read the lyrics to that song and it's not like poor you, you know, narrator or Rivers or whoever the character is that the song is about. It's more like dude, get over yourself. And, you know, um, you sent the notes about like what Rivers had, how he explained the song being about, you know, missing a girlfriend after being an asshole to her. And that's it. You know, it's like, yeah, I can relate to that song because uh, I was nostalgic and it makes more sense to me now that I'm actually in a healthy relationship, you know, where, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't worry about getting up in the morning and having to face a life with that person. So I can listen to that song and not feel bad, but also feel good about it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta live your life. And the only way to learn who you are and what you want is to experience that. I think everyone has that or you at the time it was like, yeah, there's no way you could move on or there's no way that you could find anyone else that great. But then you're like, but it really wasn't that great. I mean, that was not great. (laughs) And, you know, if you can look at it now, if you can look back on it, you're like, well, if I like my life now and it's good, what would it have been if I stayed with that person? It would have been like sliding doors, you know, it's, I could have gone through, you know, like the matrix, blue pill or red pill, you know, and uh, it's, ugh, (laughs) I think my life wouldn't be the way it was. I wouldn't he is uh, aware of myself and my career and what's going on if I wasn't, if I didn't have to eat shit once in a while, if I didn't make mistakes. And that's, I've, I've made so many mistakes in my career, but I could still call myself an artist, you know, a working artist. And I'm happy about that. And I've said the wrong things. I've done the wrong things. I've CC'd the wrong people. I've, you know, uh, didn't show up for something or whatever, and I'm still alive. And uh, I'm happy for that. And if I didn't have that, though, I wouldn't really have lived my life. And I probably wouldn't have gotten this far, you know. To be honest, you know, people are so worried about fucking up, but they really should. And as far as, like, relationships go, get your heart broken early. Because then, you know, when you're sitting there going, I can't move on, Um, you know, (laughs) how am I going to live after this? If you do it early, like, you know, in like your early 20s or whatever, you and you're still alive in your 30s because you didn't kill yourself over that person. You realize like, oh, my God, you know, for all the great things about that person, they had so many faults. And, you know, um, it only took me six months to get over this or it only took me two weeks or whatever. And you realize like next relationship you're in and you you quickly even when you're in relationships and you're young you know it's not going to go well you still you stick it out you get older and wiser and you kind of go okay 
Uh, I've been here before. I know how it's going to end. Maybe I should just end it now and uh, save myself the heartache and, you know, the phone bills and, you know, uh, the uh, the whatever, you know, the cops coming to your house because mm. you're crying all the time and people think... Because <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, people just hear this, uh, you know, adult crying in their apartment every day and night, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think that there was somebody I was seeing before I met my husband and our last hangout, I was like, so... I don't know what he said, but he said that he didn't see me as like a quote unquote, like marriage material. And I was like, Oh, well then I'll see you later. Cause like, I'm like, I'm ready to <laughs> cool, do that. Buddy. And I'm, yeah, and I am, so this is done. And I was like in my head thinking, well, uh, I am that, well, I am that person, but maybe I'm, it's just not yeah. with you, you know? Yeah. Some of it's just like bullshit mind games, you know, where people are like, oh, if I can just make them feel worse than I feel, then I'll feel better because they, they want me, you know? And it's just like, now you could just be like, thanks for not marrying me, asshole. Check out my house, you know? Uh, yeah. Or wasting my time or, yeah. yeah. And I can even do that sometimes where I'm like, oh my God, my house is so dirty and it's not done yet. And it's been a really long time, Yeah, but then I'm going, well, I have a, I have a backyard. I can go out there and sit and smell it. It's your backyard. It's still, you know, a disaster area and half of it, but your neighbors you are know, like in a in another year it'll be done and then I can just chill. Your neighbors are like, is that lady sniffing her yard again? Oh, what a weirdo. <laughs> I don't know. Why is she out there appreciating the rain and Yeah. She's <laughs> just laying on the grass. She's gonna get bit by a bee. So yeah, I'd have to remember to like stay in the moment and be like, you know what? Just be happy you're you have a house. Yeah. Like and oh my God, those the lyrics in even the first line, you know, the world has turned and left me here. That's fucking deep. That's cool. You know, you're like, Yeah, man. Feel you, bro. I feel I'm you, bro. Alone. You know, I'm going yeah. through it too, man. <laughs> and uh it's good. You know, you should feel stupid and bad and embarrassed and depressed about all that stuff. Like, God, I'm going to, I can't remember the quote from High Fidelity, but, you know, most music is about heartache. You know, most pop music is about breakups and heartache, you know, and it's true. It's popular. Everybody feels it or wants to feel it. And it's a good song for the time is, uh, to be honest, it's a very mature song. You know, mm -hmm. and when you're, you know, for me, I was in my early 20s to hear that was very mature, even though I wasn't being mature about the breakup, you know, it's like, all right, cool. This is going to go on the mixtape of Broken Hearts, you know, like <laughs> can add this with, you know, um, you know, one is the loneliest number or, you know, uh, whatever else is depressing, you know, that I could throw on there or like some jawbreaker. Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, yeah. The. The only living boy in New York or some, <laughs> you know, or yeah, Jawbreaker, you know, just like anything from them, you know, from Dear You is, is like either please date me or why did you break up with me music? So <laughs> yeah, I, and if you would have asked me to pick a song, I, I panicked because I was like, well, they don't have two albums, you know, so I can't just go, you know, flip through that. It was like, all right, well, I like this song, but I like this song. I like that song. So if you could give me, you know, a list of things to choose from, it was much easier. Um, otherwise, mm -hmm. there would have been 20 songs, you know, and we, yes. you know, I, I would have taken up the rest well, of your year. Well, and I year. didn't understand at the time, but now talking to you and yes. seeing how you like kind of operate, I 
I get it now. Like you would have had too much of a hard time yeah. picking one because there's so many for you. And it's like being starving and looking at a menu and everything looks delicious, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know. So you don't have one like favorite song probably then or album or genre no i have some favorite songs i hate okay you know like i hate beverly hills i really hate that song that is the most uh pandering song i've ever heard from the band <laughs> because it the people that like it the most and loudest are the people that don't even like you that that aren't really weezer fans but they heard it on the radio they heard mm -hmm. it at the club and their bros like it they heard it at the frat house that song is for them, you know, every, like every other thing, like all the other songs I really enjoy, you know, a lot of them at times are like, if I were making a movie, I would put that song in there. You know, like I was just listening to, I had to listen to a lot of Weezer before talking to you just so, you know, if there's any trick questions, I was like, uh-uh, I got you. <laughs> Ooh, so, trivia, yeah. <laughs> no, I suck at it. But uh, uh, Death of False Metal, Unbreak My Heart, you know, like that is such a good song. And it sounds like it could be a song he could write for a pop singer. But it also sounds like a song you would hear in like a uh, 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 romantic comedy, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, just playing at the end or something like that. But it also sounds like that would go on your your mixtape of heartbreaks, you know, uh, next to you know, uh, the world has turned and left me here, and fucking you know, Simon and Garfunkel. So yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, it was much harder to pick a one singular song. You know, it, uh, what about album? Um, all depends on which day it is. Like I said, uh, I was listening to Pacific Daydream quite a bit. And it was just so positive. And this past year, it was stressful for everyone. And, you know, how do you deal with stress? Uh, so I just try to surround myself with positive people and, and music. Um, and, you know, music could put you in any mood you want. It's up to you. Um, so I just played positive stuff. You know, uh, Friends of Diane really bummed me out. Any favorites off of that? Um, <sighs> shit. Let me go to Spotify really quick. I like, uh, well, my personal favorite is QB Blitz. Um, that would, um, like, if I had an opportunity to illustrate one of their songs, it would be that one because there's all these it's a collage of all these references, you know, like being on the planet Hoth and, you know, all this other stuff. Like, yeah, that's a cool song. I like any friend of Diane's because it's, it reminds you of the other personal songs they've written, you know, like Suzanne or I'm going to screw this up, but the song they wrote about the two people that started their fan club. Michael you know, and Carly. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're like, Oh man, you know, and that's really personal. And it, whoever Diane is reminds me of, the Diane's in my life, you know? So I, I really mm -hmm. dig that song. But then there's uh, Happy Hour, you know, and everybody's like, all right, you know, I could see this in a movie. Oh, yeah. Or even Feels Like Summer, stuff like that. I like Beach Boys just because I like the Beach Boys and I appreciate their appreciation for and influence that they let happen to them as a band from listening to the Beach Boys. So, yeah, like that... That song's really, you know, that album's really good. So is the White Album. Um, Everything Will Be All Right in the End is really good. Mm -hmm. I hated the Red Album, to be honest, you know. Um, there's there's not a lot on there, but... I, th I liked Heart Songs, you know. I remember hearing, um, gosh, I can't even remember what it was, but I just kind of heard one of the songs off the album. I was like, nah, fuck this, ignore, you know. And then years later, I heard Heart Songs, and I was like, what album is this on? It was probably when I started working on those posters, and I was like, this is a good song, 
you know it's not like it's not deep or anything but it's just a nostalgia song yeah you know like talking about eddie rabbit i remember eddie rabbit as a kid and uh, you know it was just what your parents played on the radio and stuff like that and you're like oh shit i'm getting nostalgic and it's a perfect (laughs) song for that yes so yeah but yeah overall like i said they have so many albums and the majority of them are so good that it's hard to pick a good one yeah especially now and they continue and uh yeah and after hearing that the interview you just did uh that they have an album pretty much written they just need to record it with a certain producer and then they're going to be writing more stuff that's exciting yeah i'm excited to see what they do with jake sinclair again because that'll that's who they worked with on the white album and that would be okay hopefully another good one and hopefully this next one is good but yeah. We'll see. It's going to be different. Yeah. I, I remember, what was it? Zombie? Uh-huh. Um, Zombie Bastards and... Um, yes. Don't Knock the Hustle or Can't Knock the Hustle. Yeah. Well, you could tell, like, I don't know, this is my opinion and that's all that it is, is uh, there are times where you have to write commercially successful music and some commercially successful music is horrible. You know, like Fall Out Boy. You know, they started out, out as like some emo pop punk band and... You know, I'd done some work with them and um, met them years ago on the Warp Tour. And uh, you knew then they were going to be this big band. You just had no idea they're going to be like a big radio band. And they purposely wanted to be huge. And they, you know, listening to the radio the other day, I'm like, who the fuck is this? And it's Fallout Boy. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> That's not Fallout Boy. <laughs> yeah. And, I was asked to do a project with, oh shit, what was it? I think it was like Metal Hammer or some British music magazine. They wanted me to do um, a poster for Follow Play and I was really busy and they wanted it in like a couple of days. And I watched one of their videos and I was just so, it was night and day, like seeing a bunch of like purple stuffed bears or whatever it was, or llamas, you know, on the beach. And I was like, wow, this band really changed. But you could tell that, you know, sometimes when you write music or when you create something, you have to think of its commercial success, you know, and I'm sure he's writing stuff just for that. And with that interview you did and hearing about like how, you know, he did a song, little Wayne, I had no idea, you know, and uh, that he's the, he and the band are trying all this different stuff. You know, it's kind of like, well, it's throwing pasta against the wall and see what sticks, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, think of like Drake. Okay. I like Drake. You know, I don't know if I'd ever want to hang out with him, but I like his music, and then I don't like his music, and it's like this dude's always recording music, which is really smart. Instead of, you know, writing, you know, Appetite for Destruction, and then doing, you know, Sex Lies. Touring, and then something else. Yeah, you know, and then you you wait five years and have to write another album, and you just can't recreate that momentum. It's really good that a band this old, you know, with this much output is still doing that and they again i'm really blown away by the way his writing process and just having a spreadsheet and algorithms like that's that's like above my pay grade you know i'd never thought of that um i don't even make music Yeah, he's super nerd and smart yeah and so that's cool and i'm sure you know he got that from someone else who got that from someone else who got that from someone else and um you know to see how steeped they are in their jobs is kind of cool and again, it's a band that people 
are embarrassed to like or want to hate because it's they're not like dark or they're not poppy enough or they're not attractive you know and you know they just it's or they just hate them for succeeding this long you know it's just kind of weird you know yeah haters yeah or just negative people that are just they're just going to be negative no matter what you know yeah and uh you know you either find ways to relate to it or you don't and uh the fact that they're doing all this new music is pretty awesome you know you i I was kind of wondering the other day like um back in the day you know people like bruce springsteen or even earlier say uh i'm trying to think of like early rock and roll say musicians didn't write their own music they bought music from other composers writers yeah yeah and uh you know, Bruce Springsteen started out writing music for other people and like Elvis Presley didn't write his own music. Other people did, or he, he covered standards and, um, the people that would write the music made money that way, you know, which is, uh, you know, really smart. Like, uh, Bernie Toppin is, El- uh, Elton John's writing partner, you know? So like tiny dancer, Bernie Toppin wrote and you're like, I like that song, you know, and he's written for other people and for Elton John or, um, Tom Waits has his wife is his writing partner. Um, but you wonder, like, why don't these guys maybe write for other people? You know, is it because you'll make more money mm-hmm. if you write it, record it and release it yourself? Or, you know, do you lose the rights to that music if you sell it to another artist and have them record it? So I don't know. Like Tom Waits wrote Downtown Train that Rod Stewart made really successful. Tom Waits didn't make it successful. Rod Stewart did. And people hate Rod Stewart, even though he was in a really good band called The Faces. And, <laughs> you know, he's goofy as hell looking, but with his hair and the nose and the and all that. But um Well, he was cool in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. I think. Uh I just remember like going to a bar the other day and going to the jukebox and they had CDs and it's just like Rod Stewart just kind of like splayed out there like it's like a like a like a hustler centerfold you know with his tight jeans and his his sock you know stuffed into his jeans and it was just like dude you're like 80 man chill you know like I don't need to see this from you you're creeping me out but um yeah I was wondering um I don't know about the other guys but Rivers does write music for other people and okay. um, see, has know written it for Fallout boy oh shit i think <laughs> they're never gonna work with me again no uh, it's i don't think it's like well known um he's done like a lot of collaborations he wrote a song for ajr that got popular and i didn't know who they were before yeah you guys were talking about that i i never heard of it but if you if you are on spotify just go like search for rivers cuomo and he has a playlist of all the stuff that he's written for other people oh really okay so you can see yeah all that, all that there. I, I he enjoys collaborating because um, I think that it like helps him be creative and learn from other people. Sure. And um, I think that's one of his strengths is nerding out on music and with other people. And I don't know why. I don't know where we went. Got how we got here, but songwriting. I was, I was talking yes. about songwriting and I wondered if it had written for other people, you know, and why don't they or... But I know. don't know if the other I guys no idea. do. I don't know. Hmm. Well, Scott just played with the cars. That was pretty cool. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know he what, is... you know, Pat or Brian do. Or maybe they don't need to, you know. Pat, I don't think Pat does anything on his own anymore, but he used to have a, a different band. 
Mm-hmm. And Brian has another like a side band called The Relationship. Oh, really? And it's very 60s, 70s, not 70s, 60s. I would call it like a bluesy Doors-ish Beatles. Yeah. We kind of had the George Harrison look for a while. So like almost. Yeah. Like, so I think he was feeling dead, it. Uh, look, you know, he looked exactly like him for a little bit. That was pretty weird. But cool. You know, you could pull it yeah. off. Yeah. If anyone could, it would be it would be him. <laughs> so before we get to actual song discussion, we have a contest. So the contest is there will be a form on our website when this comes out and you're going to fill it in. It's just your name and email and I think address so we can mail you the prize. But after we air the episode and uh, I wait a couple weeks, we're going to put a timeline on there. I will randomly choose uh, with my eyes closed, three winners, and what will what's everybody going to win, Brian? So I squirreled away a couple of sets of the Weezer prints that I did. Um, so there'll be the regular set that I sell off my website. But then there are two San Diego Comic-Con exclusives with The Walking Dead. There's the red version, and then there's the kind of like black x-ray version. And those sold out right away at, at Comic-Con. And that was how many years ago? Like five years ago? I can't remember. So I've just been sitting on them and I just moved uh, a couple months ago and uh, found them. And I was like, I should probably do something with these. And then when the opportunity came up to be interviewed, I was like, well, why don't I just give them away? And that'd be kind of cool because I would, people would email me all the time like, hey, do you have these? And I was too lazy to check. And so instead of selling them, um, I think it would be fun to do as a giveaway. Um that is really, really, really cool uh, of you to do in the first place, like giveaway art. Um, but people love free shit. So yeah, but like <laughs> you know. to give away these rarer ones that you can't really get anymore is yeah, really, really nice. So uh, thank you. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back with a song discussion. back with Brian Ewing and we're going to talk about the world has turned and left me here. I said it right, right? Yes. It okay, is good. called the world has turned and left me here. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, your name. I know. Okay, I know. good. Um, <laughs> it's off of the blue album. It's track number three on that one. And I was, I thought it was interesting that it was a different track number on different, some other uh, releases. Yes. It's released May 10th, 1994, recorded August, September of 1993 at Electric Lady in New York. When you were there, did you ever stop by? No, I would walk past it all the time, not knowing that that's the famous Jimi Hendrix studio. And then um, uh, a friend of mine, she's in a band called Future Bright. She recorded there a couple of years ago and showed me a lot of photos of that. And that was really cool. Then they did the uh, the Foo Fighters documentary on HBO, and I think they went there as well. 
which is pretty neat. Yeah. Or if you watch Nick and Nora's, you know, infinite playlist, it's in that too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have I no know idea. That. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's four minutes and 19 seconds long. The label's Geffen. It's officially released. According to Setlist FM, the live debut was actually March 19th, 1992 at Raji's in LA, which I don't know what that is. No, I've never heard of that place. Yeah, me either. I should have looked that up, but... It's probably a Chick-fil-A now. Yeah, or Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. It's Rivers Cuomo song chronology number 106, and it's not a single, so it's not on the singles chronology. And catalog of riffs, there was no number, and there's no music video, sadly. Why don't you tell us the personnel? It was written by Rivers Cuomo and Patrick Wilson, produced by the dude from the cars, Rick Ocasek. Rivers Cuomo is lead guitar, lead vocals. Now I'm starting to salivate. Patrick Wilson plays percussion. Brian Bell, rhythm guitar, backing vocals. Matt Sharp, (laughs) bass guitar, backing vocals. It is co-written by Pat, which is unusual. I think he hasn't really collaborated with songwriting very often. So it's one of those few songs where he's actually helped write. So little fun fact. It's surprising how drummers uh, are always behind the scenes doing a lot of things you never expect them to do. Most drummers handle, you know, when they're starting out, they handle the business for the band before they get it like a real manager. A lot of drummers write lyrics or, you know, guitar riffs where you're like, but you're a drummer. How do you know how to play guitar? You can't do both, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think he knows how to do everything too. Like he knows how to produce and mix like i think he did all of the production for when they redid africa i think he did it like him and carl or something which came out really good and had really good drums so on actually when it's on the blue album deluxe it's also track three but it's also the song also appears on weezer's first demo the kitchen tape demos their third demo and other official bootlegs of it being played live. But on the kitchen tape demo, it's later on in on the tape, it's track number eight. And on the third demo, it's number two. So that's interesting. They were playing around with where to put it, like in their collection of songs at the time, I thought. Or that it survived that long, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're demoing and then you're writing an album, I'm sure there's songs written in between all that. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure the process was a lot different for them back then. I don't know if they do a lot of demoing now. I don't know. I don't know if it's part of, like, the process forever or if it's something you have to... Because I'm sure at some point you you could tell right away if you're going to like it or not. So I don't know if you shop it around or if they need to do that anymore. There's some irony that two non-musicians are discussing the process of making music. Music. It's kind of yes. kind of funny. It's the uh what's behind the curtain, you know? It's like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I always want to like have somebody that knows about or one day I want to have somebody who's like super duper into the process so I can ask all those like crazy music questions cuz I I don't know. That's what your son is for. Groom him to be a producer. There we go. You know? And then you get to like do the behind the scenes stuff all the time. And if not, he's grounded. Yes. Then he, he knows. There we go. No, 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 no. 
PlayStation for him. <laughs> You're going to school for music, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> well, I want to play sports. Um, I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I want to be a doctor. <laughs> oh gosh. We'll see what he we'll see what he does. Ugh. Um according to Weezerpedia, like I, I think we mentioned this earlier, River suggested that it's that it may be related to the song that, that is before it on Blue Album, No One Else. And No One Else is about the jealous, obsessive asshole in me freaking out of my girlfriend. And the world has turned and left me here is the same asshole wondering why she's gone, which I thought yeah, was funny. It's, uh, it's kind of like going through the, the five stages of, of, what is it, grief? Or, you know, like when you find out you have cancer, you go through everything. And, yes. You know, first is denial, then you get angry, and then you get sad, and then you finally accept it. I think that's him accepting how much of a moron he was in that relationship. So... And we've all been there, you know, yeah. either on, on both sides, you know, so it makes sense. We just watched a movie last night called like Bad Match. And it's about this guy who goes on like um, a date and like they tries to blow her off, but it, she's a little bit crazy. And, and I was telling my husband, I'm like, oh, I totally get like, we could both like predict what she was going to do next. Cause we've all like done that crazy thing. And we've all like been there and can see it kind of unfolding. But um, I actually recommend it cause it has a fun surprise twist at the very end that you will not predict. So if you like that kind of. Yeah. I just want to hear some like Valley girl, in- Instagram famous girls saying like, yeah, did you, have, did you see bad match? <laughs> It's such a good, such a good movie. Batch. It's bad match. I don't know. That's the first <laughs> or, thing that came uh, to mind. Bad match. <laughs> I totally wrote it for you. <laughs> it was. I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the. It was out here too. It was um they at one point they go to like Runyon Canyon and it's that view of them hiking up the hill and. I don't know, but I, I'm just trying to get your visual too, or where that came from. Like I'm trying to now. I then I got like '80s tennis players in my head. So uh, no, it's uh, you, you know, you're at the grocery store, you're at a show, or you know, you're in line somewhere, and you just hear that annoying voice, and like, oh my god, batch. <laughs> you know, uh, one time, uh, Columbus is a is the largest college city in America, so that tells you a lot. Um, uh, Andre and I were at the grocery store, you know, like going to buy some groceries for dinner. And there is this young girl um, who is like talking, you know, doing the FaceTime on her phone. She's like, oh, my God, you know, like, ah, oh. I was like, we're in Ohio. <laughs> and she's like doing selfies and like just really loud and obnoxious. And I hear the That's right. Match. And she, <laughs> Andre and I, after that. Whenever we want to annoy each other, we start speaking in that voice. So <laughs> I imagine that same girl trying to recommend that movie to her friend. So that's it. <laughs> I I have seen that girl. And I'm I am fascinated by somebody who would do that at the grocery store, too, because that's weird. Uh, I think it's a genera- generational thing. You know, like, the reason why we think it's stupid and all that is because we are older and we have more experience. But to them... That's all they want to do. That's to them. That's important. That's popular. And think about the dumb shit we did when we when it, we were younger. That was popular. That is not popular now. So much of it, like Garth Brooks. You know, yeah. 
or poison. We all loved poison at one point. Black Velvet came on the radio uh, uh, the other day, and I don't know if you know that song, but it's like but that countryish song. Con- yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only good but- song they had. <laughs> I used to do, uh, my PE teacher made us do line dances to that song during PE. So like, I literally <laughs> cannot, Wow! like, I'm always like kickball chain, <laughs> kickball chain. Like when I hear that song and I love that song, but it's just, that's what it reminded me of. So next time your husband and you are arguing, he's just should run to the stereo, put it on and <laughs> automatically you just start dancing. You don't know what's going on. Yes. You've just been like brainwashed, <laughs> like some MK Ultra stuff. You know, next thing you know, you murder the, the president of Micronesia. I don't know. Oh, yes. There's this other podcast um, called The Last Podcast on the Left. And they talk about MK Ultra, And that's like the first time that I've ever heard of any of that stuff. And just like blew my brain off of my head because I totally freaked out and like got like all into it and started watching it and got um, bummed out that it was real. (laughs) And um, well, uh, like stranger things, uh, the premise of 11 and her abilities is based on what they think MK ultra was or um, eyes wide shut Zoolander, tons of other stuff. It's, it's pretty interesting. Like you don't know if it's true. You kind of want to believe it's true because it's so out there yeah it's kind of like saying that uh the earth is hollow and that people live inside of that like that sounds pretty crazy i want to explore this a little bit more you know like i hope there's a six hour long lecture on youtube right now because i could really go for that you know (laughs) same thing with like mk ultra and all that so all the conspiracy stuff is is fun i don't know yeah i don't know it's just I don't know why it's interesting to me, but it just is very interesting and it makes it even more interesting and creepier that it like is provable. Like some of it's provable. Yeah. Like parts of it, um, not that I've ever listened to any of those lectures or documentaries, but they were talking about how uh, people are able to go to like different dimensions or time travel or change bodies and stuff like that. But not like ever watched or listened to any of that stuff for hours <laughs> on end because i don't know any of it do you, but yeah do you uh believe any of that stuff uh i don't know um so at the shop uh, at cauldron ufos aliens and ghosts always get brought up and it's like all right cool you know everybody wears black and they like their their spooky goth music and all that stuff but no like mike <laughs> Uh, believes heavily and you know that there are aliens that he's seen an alien spaceship and uh he's seen ghosts he's like what about you and i'm like nope like what you don't i was like i've never experienced it (laughs) you know maybe i'm just not cool enough and these guys don't want to hang out with me you know like the ghosts and the aliens andre and i we moved into our house right now we're just renting but um it was built in the late 1800s and used to be a brothel and so it's like, this motherfucker better be haunted, you know, because there's got to be some crazy shit that happened here. Nope. Nothing. All I can hear is the ice maker and the refrigerator that <laughs> came with the apartment, you know, just pooping out ice. That's about it. I'm one of those, like, I would love to experience that. And everybody who feels like they have are like, no, you don't. What are you crazy? But it's just more of the, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, um, but at the same time, I I really enjoy how it gets my imagination going. And then, so if something did happen, you would be open to believing it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, everybody, two sides to every story and then there's the truth, you know? So 
what people are telling you could be stretched. You know, it could be sort of what happened, but didn't exactly happen. But, you know, um, it would be much cooler if I told you it this way. You know, and the other guys at the shop, they have their ghost stories. I have none. And I'm kind of bummed out. I feel like the smelly kid. You know, nobody, no ghosts want to hang out with me. And, you know, I was, like I said, I was raised very strictly Catholic. I'm more agnostic now, but I believe that shit. So why wouldn't I believe in ghosts? You know, and no one's ever shown me Jesus or God. You know, um, I believe in science, but, uh, and I believe in karma and faith, you know, putting out good vibes, all that stuff. But um, aliens, I would love to, you know, and Mike's like, yeah, you know, uh, if Hillary was going to get elected, Obama was going to be granted permission to expose that we've known about aliens since Roswell and all that stuff. I'm like, show me, show me. I want to see this, you know? And I want to see the aliens too. Yeah. And then th- you'll see in the news, like I think in Britain, like a year ago, they started um, training uh, young students, like kids, what would happen? You know, like you have to do the tornado drill. Well, they had a UFO drill. Mm-hmm. You know, they started showing kids what to do in case a UFO attacks, you know, and I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, just, just show me, just let me just, you know, like just pull the curtain away. I want to see it. So then, yeah, I'll believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to see the aliens. I feel like aliens to me are scarier than ghosts because they're just going to like kill us. Like they're just going to like blow us up and kill us like with no talking or whatever, um, they're not going to not even ack ack or anything like that. It won't be like Mars attacks. No, I don't think it'll be fun or nice or ah, bummer. But you never know. Either way, and even if they're not like that, we're going to be like that to them, and it's going to get all messed up. <laughs> so I think it's all like that's just scarier. Whereas like a ghost, it's like okay, yeah, it's missed on a picture, or it's a feeling. I feel bad for those people that have what's that when you're possessed yeah, or, or like actual, yeah. Like actual, like horrifying things. But I think that aliens would be like, I definitely want to know if there's, if we have proof somewhere, that'd be cool. But I don't really want them to like come back and like do anything. I don't know. Maybe that's just a humanity's ego to think like we are the, um, the alpha species everywhere you know like we're at the top of the food chain on earth you know so we must be the conquering race you know everywhere else you know that there's nothing better than us but then you know you get into theory and you know existentialism and uh it just opened like did you ever see 2001 or 2010 stanley Kubrick? no okay um well you know that's a lot of conspiracy theorists attached their own ideas to his movies because he never explained them to people so 2001 is a very interesting one where, you know, they talk about how the government hired him to fake the moon landing and stuff like that. And they think he used The Shining to expose that without saying it directly. Um, but uh, 2001 just, or even, uh, God, what's that Matthew McConaughey movie that came out a couple of years ago? Where it just talks about like time travel and dimensions and how there are parallel dimensions. And Einstein talked about stuff like that. I can't it was so good. I can't remember the title. <laughs> I loved that movie, by the way. Uh, and I, I don't know Yeah, where his daughter is like stuck. No spoilers. Or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that was... So yeah, uh, 
all that stuff's very fascinating. It's just, um, is there enough time in the day to like learn about it all now? But I love fiction, you know, and science fiction's fun. And I grew up reading comic books and listening to shitty metal and stuff like that. So yeah, bring it on. You know, but then when I can't sleep, I'll watch like YouTube documentaries by you just know these guys are just like lonely dudes in their mom's basement making these things, narrating them. And it's just like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're showing you the, the Bigfoot photo from 1925. And yes, and yes. Like, yeah. You know, and they have some speech impediment and, you know, you can. You could tell, like, you know, they're constantly, like, wiping their nose as they're, like, narrating this thing. And it's great. I love it. It's it, Right now, it's probably, like, an escape from reality of dealing with politics and, you know, self-doubt, depression, all that crap is seeing that stuff. You know, it's the same reason why people love Marvel movies. None of it's real, but it's very, it's a nice escape, um, you know. Yeah, that's so, fun. Yeah. Man, we totally went off the rails. Yes. Tell us about the Setlist FM article. Okay. All right. According to Setlist FM, it's been covered by the Deftones. I would really like to hear that. They do mm -hmm. good covers. I'm sure it gets all like sad and dark and evil. The Fall of Troy, some band that really sucks, Good Charlotte, and <laughs> Men and Whales. Do you know who any who Fall of Troy is? Or man, Men and Whales? Um, I, I thought they were like one of those like Warped Tour screamo bands. Oh, okay. Just because it sounds like one of them took a history class in high school and we're like, dude. I got the toughest name for us, you know. <laughs> we're going to be called the Fall of Troy, bro. I think Brad oh, Pitt made a movie I thought you were out talking about men and whales. Men and whales, I don't know. You know, unless that's like, like whales is like a, a term for rich guys in Vegas, or if these guys just really loved Moby Dick. They're like mm. big Herman Melville fans or something like, <laughs> well, you know, Mastodon did that Moby there Dick album, so we should be called men and whales, bro. <laughs> I don't know. The Deftones, I, I need to find that cover. Um, they covered... It's, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, they did like a Record Store Day album where it's just all covers. Um, and it's on Spotify now. Oh, so, like is it new on Spotify? No, well, new in the sense probably like in the past couple of years. I have, like I'm obsessed with this, the cover that they did of a Carpenter song. I forget what it's called. It's like... If I Were a Carpenter? <laughs> Can we look it up now? The party. It's like, don't you remember? Dun, 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 baby. Oh, uh, that is um, Sonic Youth covered it too before they did. And they did a really good job. Um, oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It might have been the Sonic Youth cover. I think it's called Rockstar. I think you're um, right. I think I'm thinking of. Why do I confuse them? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of screaming. I think I confused Deftones with. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, there's an album just called Covers. And uh, I think it's the Sonic Youth version, unless there's like a singles version. Yeah, I'm tripping. I'll have to find the Deftones one. I'll send it to you. But yeah, there's, uh, you know, Savory, No Ordinary Love, Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want. You know, they're actually good. Like all the Crosses stuff that he did was pretty rad too. And I was supposed to do some work with them, but person that managed that band all only managed that band and soap opera actors that's weird and so she just fucked it all up it was really annoying uh because they contacted me out of the blue and i was like yeah i would really love to do this i have some good ideas what's your budget she's like what do you mean budget i was like well how are you guys going to afford this it's like oh i thought you would just give us <laughs> posters and it's like no how do i make money like i give you stuff to sell i have to pay a printer to make them so I'm already out 
like a grand and I give them to you, you make like 10 grand. At what point do I make a living? You know, I can't tell my lawyer or not my lawyer, my, my landlord, um, uh, Hey, I just did a job for crosses. Does that cover me? You know, like, are we cool? You know? So yeah, just, I was trying to get back in with the Deftones, but I didn't, uh, really know anybody that worked with them. So I haven't really, like, I'd like to do more stuff with them, but the crosses experience, you know, maybe they don't exist anymore because of that really unexperienced manager. I don't know. At one point I was just like, all right, I don't, you know, just don't, don't contact me anymore. We're cool. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah, that's weird. That's, that's music. You don't need a, a degree to work in music. You just need to be related to somebody or you just need like to fucking hang out long enough. You know, like I didn't, I could not make it as an artist, you know, like I wanted to be an artist. I just could not get hired to be an artist. So I started doing posters and I made my own job. And after that, I got hired to be an artist to do covers and albums and shit like that. So, yeah, that's I met so many managers that were related to people in bands that it was just like, oh, fuck my life, you know, and uh, they just wanted to, like, <laughs> you know, uh, do drugs, hang out and try to meet girls. Party. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so a lot of those people didn't last long. So, yeah. Anyway, Deftones. Great. Love them. <laughs> um. Also, I don't know if you watch this show. I'm going to guess not, but there's a Vampire Diaries episode <laughs> called The World Has Turned and Left Me Here. Oh, no. No, I saw the first couple episodes, but I hadn't seen Twilight yet. <laughs> and so I wasn't into the whole Glampire thing. And uh, I spent... After seeing Twilight, you are, though? No, no, but I did watch okay. all... Was there five movies? It was on like Netflix, and I spent a whole weekend, and I just didn't leave the couch. I just watched all of them in succession. It's addicting once you start. It's so bad, it's yeah. good, but oh my God, my respect, if I had any for them, just plummeted like you guys like were you told to act bad or was it like you know like the inmates were running the asylum on these movies because they're terrible and uh yeah it's whatever unless you're you know 12 year old girl it's probably amazing yeah probably you know like uh skateboarding heavy metal punk rock you know my my older brother probably saw that and was like this is garbage you know so same thing yeah Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't know why you guys are even, why this is a thing. It's like planking. I don't know why people did that shit either. You know, <laughs> it's dumb. so many things it's like rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, people still do that, by the way, which is weird to me. I used to rollerblade. I was actually good at it. I, you know? yeah, I can't even roller skate, so I'm not going to say anything, Oh, but oh, yeah. I don't know. That was so big rollerblading. And now it's like, I think it's kind of nerdy. Nobody does it anymore, right? Like you have to... Either that or just well, really intelligent people do it. Kind of like when you see the the weird guy on the cycling bike people. who's like laying uh-huh. on his back, but he's pedaling with his hands. <laughs> and he's like probably a trillionaire because he created some software. That's the same thing with rollerbladers. That's probably what's going on. I don't know. Okay. I like it. <laughs> so did I read the Pandora thing? Yeah, because I I couldn't find that much stuff, so that's pretty much it. I think people just focused on the sweater song and uh, say it isn't so and uh, Buddy Holly. So Buddy um, Holly, mm-hmm. yeah. So Pandora says about the song. Even if I'm surprised people are still listening to this thing because we're just rambling. But uh, features <laughs> of this song, which are really important, electric rock instrumentation, a subtle use of vocal harmony, electric guitar, 
wallow sound, uh, mild rhythmic syncopation, and major key tonality. And similar songs are Foo Fighters Everlong and My Hero. And then The Killers, Smile Like You Mean It, and Somebody Told Me, and then Mr. Brightside, which I hate The Killers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I could see... I guess I could see the Foo Fighters. Um, and I love me some mild rhythmic syncopation. Yeah, that sounds like uh, if you eat some bad dairy. Yeah, what's wrong, man? <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. I got some syncopation. I'm syncopating right now. It's some, mild. Just mild, though. Mild. <laughs> Don't call the, you know, just give me some Gatorade. I need to rehydrate. I'll be uh, good. Just, just uh, turn on some music and leave the room. That's all. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think it sounds like the killer. Somebody told me. I don't know. I think it was probably like, oh my God, someone got a job right out of college. They get to write about music, uh-huh. but it's for Pandora. And they realize they got the shittiest job at Pandora. <laughs> like the guy who empties the garbage has a better job than the person who had to write that. Probably. You know? And they're like, I'm just going to move back to Ohio. Fuck this noise. <laughs> I, the music industry isn't good Fuck enough Pandora. for me. Yes. Yes. It'll go, you know, just like Napster, man, it's going out. It's all about Spotify and whatever Jay-Z did. You know, I don't know. Like he and Jay-Z started Yeah, something. I couldn't get into Pandora. I know it's pretty much the same thing as Spotify, but I never... Yeah. I tried it one time and it just never was a thing for me. I'd much rather like make my own... Yeah. I refuse to use iTunes. Um, like I've never... Uh, I've never bought into iTunes. I wouldn't buy music off iTunes. And I would just buy albums and just rip into my computer and then would use iTunes to listen to music, but not to create like radio stations. And after using Spotify so much and trying to right. like, well, this album's not on Spotify, but I have it on my computer. And then trying to use iTunes, it's so foreign to me. It's just like frustrating. It's like, why don't you fucking work like iTunes, man? It's black and you're white and there's like contrast <laughs> and, you know, um, the, the it's not, it, it seems to like lack logic, I guess. It's not intuitive. I don't know. Take yeah, it's iTunes. so much harder. Hmm. I only listen to iTunes for podcasts, um, which is slowly. Well, I can listen to yours on Spotify. Right. So it's like, fuck that noise. I'm going to Spotify. Yeah, you kind of don't I'm, need I'm getting it. my $10 a month worth. Yeah. You know? And you get to like, so you don't even have to save everything to anything. You can listen to it whenever and follow all your favorite bands. And if you want to hear your album, you just pull it up. It, you don't even have to like have it and spend $12 every time or whatever it is now. I still buy albums, but now it's a, it's either nostalgia or this will never end up on Spotify. It's too like small, you know, of a, of a band or a movement. So, um, or if I'm at a show and you have like a tiny show where like these people are just playing their hearts out and it's like, all right, how do they get to the next city? They have to sell merch. So I'm going to buy an album or a t-shirt or something, you know? <laughs> I totally I collect CDs and I just got a record player for Christmas so now I get to start collecting that. So that should be fun. Oh man. When I lived in San Francisco, I had to, I was moving to New York and I had to get rid of all my albums and CDs and it ended up being like 3 to 4,000 wow. of them. Yeah, it was like Are you sad about that today? Like No, not at all. Like I don't miss that stuff and I replaced them with art books, which is worse cuz they're heavier. But um um <laughs> Yeah, I listen to more different music now because of having Spotify than I would. All right, I got to look at all these racks of CDs or all these albums. And then I have to like, you know, pick it out, like which ones, Jeez. you know. And, whereas I'm I, on a whim, I want to listen to this band. I can go type it in and listen to it. 
That's nice. I also like how it suggests people based on what you like. Oh, I get angry when they do like, you know, we made a playlist for you. And it's like, really? You think I like this band? Like, hell no. Like, <laughs> I hate, you know, Chubba Wumba or whatever. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sublime. Just because it was something I listened to a long time ago. Yeah. Someone took, someone hacked my, my, my Spotify. I never listened to this music before. So yeah. I don't know. Are you ready for final thoughts on the song? Man, do we have any left? <laughs> well, I still hate the Killers. So, yeah. <laughs> I like the Killers like first two albums and then they got a little I didn't know they made weird. more than that. They did, and that's why Did they I, do a Christmas album? I don't know. Probably. I think that River sings with a lot of heart in this song. Uh, I like the, I highlighted, you laughed enchanted by my intellect, or maybe you didn't. I thought that, I thought it was funny. Um, yeah. I think it's a perfect, it's sandwiched in between like Buddy Holly and something else. But I, but I thought it like was a good transition to those. Um, it sounds very selfish. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh Andre and I, we went to South America last year and she was explaining Tejano music to me. And um, a lot of the music is men singing about their heartaches and how they're good. Women are bad. They did them wrong and, you know, hope they die or hope they come back to them. So it's, it's, it's very similar. You know, it's, I'm an asshole, but I want to be pitied. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's very... Uh, narcissistic, I guess. But it's good because we're all narcissists. So it's like whether you're on the receiving end or the giving end of that terrible relationship, either you're the one, you know, is feeling like the world, you know, it's very selfish to say the world has turned and left me or I'm all alone. Not because of what I did, but because the world doesn't want me anymore. You know, woe is me. Or you're the person who had to date that shitty person. And you're like, I hope they're feeling like this right now. I hope they feel alone. I don't know. Maybe it's all the coffee I drink. I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, and then I also think that like Rivers is confirming that for you, that uh, he is and maybe isn't showing it or you won't ever know it. But I'm sure, you know, I think we all do that. Like just have like a certain memory where you're like sure. hoping that one person kind of remembers the good stuff. and Maybe. Or do you feel bad that you don't want to date me anymore? It's kind of like, uh, do you ever... It, it sounds terrible, but the people who love to share their personal lives online and just like cry and quote things and put really like inspiring memes and shit in their feed. And, you know, it's like, I remember this one guy, uh, I'm not going to name his name. He would, he started following me and he was like an artist. And I was like, Oh, I'll follow you back. You do some cool stuff. And, um, he stopped posting her and was just posting about his girlfriend and how she broke up with him and calling her all these things. And then, um, posted a nude photo of her and I was like, yo, man, what are you doing? You know, like, what the hell are you doing? In a way, I if you made the person who wrote this song 15 years old, they would this would be them, this would be their post on Instagram about how depressed they are and you know, shit like that. I don't know. I I I take some kind of sick happiness in it just because it reminds me of the way I felt, but not the way I acted outwards, I guess. Because it's, you know, you laughed enchanted by my intellect, but maybe you didn't. You know, it's kind of like, you said you loved me. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. Uh, or, or I don't care anyways, you know. Or maybe it was, uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Um, maybe it was, 
when he says, or maybe you didn't, it was like, oh, you lied. You didn't really like me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a way to spin it. Poor me again. Poor me again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I thought I was everything you wanted. I thought you loved me, but now you don't. And maybe it's because I you know, cheated on you or stole your credit card or, you know, accidentally did something. I don't fucking know. But yeah, it's, it, I'm totally ruining the song for you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Okay. I'm kind of ruining it for myself because it it goes from like sad and innocent to very dark well, and could, narcissistic. It could go either way. I think that's like the beauty of it, of uh, music and well, certain what's lyrics. more important was the vampire show. What was the <laughs> you know since they took the title of that song? Were they interpreting that song, or did they just really? Oh, like I it? don't know. I should have read like the synopsis, but I I just. Ah. I couldn't do it. I was like... Maybe there's an Easter egg in there. Maybe. Maybe they play this song in it. I think they should. I'm more of a Sabrina Um, the Teenage Witch on Netflix (laughs) right now anyway. So, yeah. I'd rather hear it on that. Um, Or Buffy. Well, there's a a cool new version of that with um, the girl... Um, the girl from Mad Men. What's her name? That's the one I like. Kiernan? I didn't like the, the, the 90s sitcom one. I like this one because it's, it's kind of dark, but also funny. Yeah. I was expecting something totally different, but then I got kind of hooked on it after I saw that it was like, uh, like dark. I, I don't know how many I've watched, maybe like five. Oh yeah. And, you got to watch them all. You just got to binge it. Okay. It's, it's pretty good. And if you like Halloween and you know, all the, the ghosts and, you know, aliens and crap like that, you'll, you'll dig it. I think. Yeah. I think like my, I, my husband was like, eh, and I'm like, well, you know, we can move on to something else. Oh, it's, it's annoying teenager drama yeah. bullshit, but it's still fun because we're all still annoying teenager drama queens, you know, still, we all are, we all have that bullshit. Yeah. It's, I don't mind watching know. teenage girl shows at all. <laughs> some I could deal with, some I can't. Yeah, I think I watched The Real World until I was like 30, so... Oh, man. (laughs) True story. It's all... Yeah, it was like, why are you watching 21-year-olds? Like, why is this entertaining? I don't know. Because I want to see them make the mistakes. I can't... I don't have the money to make. Like, let's watch them get drunk and dance and stuff. Or get beat up. Yeah. (laughs) Act like idiots. Do you have any additional final notes? I think I'm... I'm out of words. I don't know. Um, okay. uh, thank you for inviting me on. Uh, I was very nervous to be on here. So like I said, I listened to a shit ton of Weezer prior and, you know, <laughs> read the lyrics and did the Weezerpedia thing. And um, so I made sure I wasn't going to like totally bomb on this. And then I drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> so um, yeah. there you go. So I appreciate the, key. The, uh, the opportunity to be on here. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I, it's been it's like six a hours. A long time. So we'll, 30 Monday. We'll wrap it up. Let's do let's do our ratings. Okay. So I gave The World Has Turned and Left Me Here a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Lightning Strap, a Scott and a Vest, Pat Jamming on the Drums, a Blue Album Rivers Head, and a Blazer Brian for a total of 13. And Brian, you gave it a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Lightning Strap, a Scott and a Vest, and a Blazer Brian for a total of 11. So we are Weezer. 
collectively gives The World Has Turned and Left Me Here, which is the longest name ever, a 12, <laughs> which is a yeah. good score. <laughs> Especially for non-single. So let's not them get carried away and think they're awesome or anything. <laughs> I guess that's it. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and say goodbye. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been a good one and a long one. Thank you again, Brian, for coming on to the show and for your time. Sure. Pretty sure everyone's going to love it. Big better. Where can the people find you on social media? Well, uh, I'm at brianewing.com, B-R-I-A-N-E-W-I-N-G.com. Otherwise, uh, where else am I? Instagram. So it's uh, at brianewing. It's really creative, I know. <laughs> Other than that, I'm tattooing at Cauldron Tattoo Monday through Thursday. I'll be the guy with the beard, I guess, who looks like he owns a place, but is only The Apprentice. You're also on Facebook, and your cool yes. new documentary is on has a page on Facebook. Yes, when is it does. supposed to come out? Do you know? Uh, a couple of years ago. Um, the, uh, the guys, uh, Tony Mormon and Woodrow Hinton, that did the movie, um, they signed some kind of like distribution deal that didn't really get the movie very well promoted. So they released it on DVD. And then I think you can get it through like iTunes, Vimeo, and Hulu. I think it's free on Hulu. So, um, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it was out already. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we sent you a screener, you know, uh, just so you had a chance and to watch it and kind of, uh, because it had a lot of Weezer in it, I thought it was just appropriate to, Thank you. to, uh, kind of make it a part of it. That's all. And they were excited that I was going to talk about it. And Tony's such a huge Weezer fan. So he's probably <laughs> excited that I mentioned his name. Antoine Rocky Mormon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tony. Yeah, and uh, rate, review, subscribe to We Are Weezer on your podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at We Are Weezer. You can email us at weareweezerforever at gmail.com. Everyone knows that. Thank you, uh, Brian, for the sound and Brian for coming on the show. And everybody go by. Weezer posters and send us your information for the um, contest because that will be so cool if you won one of those. And um, go on Weezer's pages and say, Why isn't Brian doing a poster for you guys? Right? Make them feel bad. Get that ball rolling. I feel like you should be doing another one. Working on especially it. Especially for the Black Album. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I think uh, looking at their merch, they don't want to be perceived as too dark. So. You know, I would love to do something else that's a little more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I, I think I can. So um talking to their management sure. right now and just constantly like, hey, guys, remember me? Would really love to do a poster. So, yeah. Don't forget. Yeah, that'd be fun. I love Weezer. <laughs> well, and it, and it seems like they got along well with you. So, and they're they're mm-hmm. pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it. Uh, I think they're loyal to their, their people. So, I would. I'm sure it's going to happen. They did like long time ago, they did work with like Cozy and Dan and other artists. So I would 
you know, I'm doing what I can, doing my little dance to stay on their radar and do some more work with them, which would be great. Well, hopefully. Hopefully we'll see it soon. Yeah, because I know they're, you know, they're they're probably all like, they can't wait for this podcast. So <laughs> they'll be like, all right, we'll finally hire I'm pretty sure they know I exist. Yeah. Just because of Carl. But I don't know if they've ever, ever listened. But that's okay. Because they're... Maybe they're them. too shy. Maybe. Well, I guess that's it. All right. We'll let you go. Yes. And thanks for coming on. Thank you, Rachel. Adios, guys. Adios. We are Weezer, and I love you.